All right, y'all, welcome back. This is episode 47 of Rose 1 through 10, kind of doubling down this week with all the all the news and or the whole NASCAR week in the Talladega, and we had uh, two guests on for the for the sprint car side thing. So go back and listen to that, episode 46. It was a real good discussion with uh, our good friend Derek Putty and uh, another mutual friend now from the high side hustle, Bert Wojcik. So uh, solid episode, but... Uh, just this time for the NASCAR side of Talladega. Uh, joined as always with Travis. What's up, buddy? What's going on, my man? Here uh, watching some playoff baseball and ready to talk about the past week at Dega. So it was certainly a crazy weekend. Uh, I, it, like we said when we were recording the other day, this definitely warranted its own podcast. This wasn't the week to try to rush the NASCAR talk all into one show. Yeah, it's been kind of chopped up with, I know you've been wanting to watch some baseball and then just uh, having some other commitments going on. So, yeah, we had to squeeze it in late this week, but better late than never. Um, so, yeah, we'll get dive into it because, like you said, a lot to, lot to dive into. Yeah, well, we can start off with, I guess, the truck race would be our first uh, leg of the story. And, man, what a crazy, I didn't get to see much of that race, but I saw, like, the last 20 laps of it and i mean i guess that's all you really needed to see so yeah i mean that was i was i saw even less than that i mean i was out at the racetrack working on the mini cup car throughout the day um and we we would check in i think we checked in during the driver's meeting uh for a little bit we had it on our phones and then uh when it got down to crunch time we were able to watch that last restart there uh and, and like you said that was really the race from what i can tell i mean all hell broke loose there coming to the checkered flag off of turn four yeah, I mean, that was crazy in uh, Tate Fogelman. So we had three first-time winners this weekend. I should have brought that up in the intro, but Tate Fogelman gets his first career win. and I mean, I guess we can break down all, all that. Uh, you know, uh, that was – so, number one, what do you think of that move from uh, Tate Fogelman? Was that fair game to you? Do you think it was dirty? Did you um, have a problem with it? You're talking about uh, kind of spinning the four truck? Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd have to go back and look at it. I know at first thought it, it looked really bad. Um, but but NASCAR's kind of put these guys in this position. It's like win at all costs. So I know I know you hate to see a guy get just turned like that. But, I mean, it, they had they stated his boys have at it these days. So if Tate Fogelman felt like that was right, and he only gets a few chances to win these things. So he, he went for it. And. Can't hate on the guy for doing that. Well, I think even Tyler Hill did the same thing coming to the checkered flag with Tate, and I'm surprised that move was is hasn't been getting talked about as much as Tate's move because Tyler that's Tate went spinning across the finish line because Tyler Hill then went for Tate to do try to do the same thing. You're and right. they both and, ended up wrecking. Yeah. So and that, that truck was destroyed. Uh, when he got into the inside wall, when they cut, they it was weird how they cut to it. It's like I wasn't expecting them to be down there. I thought they were gonna like kind of beat and bang, but next thing you know, they're sliding all the way down to the inside wall. Um, and like I said, I'd really have to go back and relook at it and just kind of break it all down. I haven't had the chance. Like I said, it's been a busy week. I just caught 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 it at first glimpse. Um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't really have a, too much of a problem with anything. If anything, I had more of a problem with the Tyler Hill spin than. Then uh, Tate Fogelman spinning. Nemo Just Chet. curious why? Why? Well, because the, the spot, like you said, the spot of the racetrack, like there was no inside wall essentially where John Hunter's check was spinning down to the inside, you know, down through the grass. I mean, I know that's a tough, like that's a judgment call. Like, oh, the, there was less safety here, but um, yeah, I mean, NASCAR said that's basically legal when I mean, it comes down to these things, so. It'd be interesting to see how that plays out going forward because we know how the truck guys race. Yeah, I mean those the truck guys race. I mean, uh, you know, we we saw it at at uh, the, the Knoxville earlier this year, and they just those guys in general race with a, a lack of respect. Yeah, that, that's truck. what I was just gonna say. I was trying to, I didn't, I wanted to cut you off, but yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say when I went to cut you off. It was like, yeah, they just have a lack of respect, and and that was proof there that. Two, they basically try to wreck each other twice for the win. So at Talladega, like racing it like it's Bristol out there, right? Just, just just completely junking each. I mean, half the field ended up junked at the end of this race. I mean, half the field did not finish, 
and then there were a lot of other hurt cars running around the track. So all said and done, there were only, a, I think, I can't remember the list off the top of my head, but like three cars got through that race clean. And I saw more of the race than I first said. Now that I'm thinking about it, I did see like the end of stage two and all of the final stage. So I saw more of that than I originally thought, just like brainstorming and thinking about it. Yeah, but, I know you had uh, kind of texted the group as well about the Jennifer Joe Cobb just kind of oh my barreling off in there. And and I, I did I, I was obviously like I, I didn't know at the time what the, how egregious it was. And looking at video later of it, I mean, they were literally wrecking for 18 seconds before she comes running in there 100 miles an hour. I mean, yeah, she just completely, I don't know if it was a spotter thing, if it was her or what was going on, but that was just, that was insane. Like, she just, just five, like 10 seconds after the the wreck had already kind of come to a crescendo. Like, here comes Jennifer Joe Cobb just piling on in there. And I mean, there were multiple cars that were in that wreck, but could have drove away fine. And then after she just fired it off in there, like some of those guys just their their days were done after that, and they would have been able to drive away before she hit them. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you go back and I believe it was Spring Talladega, uh, we had a big discussion on here about uh, should she get approved. I think it was for the Xfinity race, and NASCAR ended up not approved. No, it's for the Cup race. There you go. Obviously, that's even worse for the Cup races. This is exactly yeah. why they they were like, no, nah, we're good. Yeah, and that was right after her incident at Richmond, too. So Yeah, so not a good look for her, especially if she wants to move up to the Cup Series. Just, uh, yeah, you gotta be, you got to make smarter decisions than that. I mean, that's, that, I think, inexcusable. I mean, literally, if you go back and watch the video, it's 18 seconds of the, the wrecking. Wow, and then she still comes in there, like, like clearly fast, way faster than she needs to. And I haven't heard the radio. I don't know if her spotter was like letting her know what's going on and telling her check up, check use up. Use your right. eyes. I mean, oh yeah, no, you, you, no you doubt. I'm not. I'm not going to use spotter. the spotter. I, I was saying, the spotter I'm certainly not saying, yeah, hold the gas or wide open. You got it. Come on through. Come on through. Yeah, all clear. I mean, there's no way the spotter is saying that. So yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I'm not. She's indefensible here. I was just curious, like, what was what exactly was the spotter doing, like? Was the spotter for 15 seconds or 16 seconds, whatever you said, going, check up, check up, check up, check up, check up for 15 seconds? Yeah. She I mean, just fired it off in there. Yeah. It would definitely be interesting to hear the radio on that. Um, not to really bash on her too much, but definitely deserves to be. No, we can go ahead and bash on her. She's. I mean, that, that, that was just a bonehead move. Okay, <laughs> uh, and that's exactly why she didn't get approved to run the cup race. In the spring, I, I was like, maybe it was Xfinity, but damn, if it was the cup race, that there's good call on NASCAR. <laughs> and she, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think she's gonna be running any cup races anytime soon because no. I don't think what I don't know what would change, but but yeah, so Ben Rhodes won stage one of this race, uh, Sheldon Creed won stage two, and then obviously Tate Vogelman won the race. Todd Gilliland looked like he was gonna win this race, he looked like he had it won, but. It's Talladega. It's not over till it's over. And, you know, they got to the checkered flag. And, oh, uh, but even before the overtime, uh, Chase Purdy was lead, leading for uh, – uh, I don't know who whose car he was driving. The 23. So that would be a uh, GMS car. But, yeah, he was driving the 23, and that would have been his first career win, and he was in line for it. And he ended up getting spun – and then that's what led to the overtime. And then Todd Gillen looked like he had the race in check. And you just, you just, uh, you can never predict what's going to happen. Um, oh, and Sheldon Creed won stage two. Forgot to mention that, but he did. And then, yeah. So now the trucks, they only have two races left in their season. They go to Martinsville and then they go to Phoenix. So. Uh, it's going to be a cutoff race next time they race. John Hunter Nemechek has a 36-point gap. Ben Rhodes has a 35-point gap. Matt Crafton has a 10-point gap. Sheldon Creed has a 5-point gap. And then Stuart Friesen is the only truck within striking distance as far as points. He's five points back. And then Chandler Smith, Carson Hosvar, and Zane Smith are all going to be at bust wins come Martinsville if they want to race for a championship. 
Yeah, that's they're done until Martinsville. That's correct. Yep. Okay. So one more race to make it. And yeah, so it's gonna like three of those guys. Like I said, Chandler Smith, Carson Hosevar, and Zane Smith are gonna be in must wins, and then uh, John Hunter Nemechek and Ben Rhodes should be good. So it's basically gonna come down to as if if it all comes down to points, and one of those guys don't win, then it's gonna be a two spots for three guys between Matt Craft and Sheldon Creed and Stuart Friesen. Yeah, and we talked about the lack of respect. Uh, that, that's what makes the Martinsville kind of a wild card for these truckers. I mean, anything can happen and, and will happen in Martinsville. Uh, and with as much lap traffic as you have to deal with there, uh, even if you're the leader, you, you could get caught up in somebody else's mess. So, yeah, you say John Hunter's good and Ben Rhodes or whatever is good, but yeah, don't count your chickens before they hatch, you know what I mean? Certainly, certainly. So, yeah, just a food for thought there. Um, we can move on to the Xfinity series. Uh, again, I didn't get to watch much of that race. Uh, and really the, at the ending, I didn't even get to see any of that. I was following on Twitter, uh, on top of the spotter stand. So if you got to watch some of that, you can kind of give us the details. I did not. Yeah. I was out at the dirt track, so I did not get to see any of that race, but uh, I know John Hunter Nemechek won stage one, Blaine Perkins won stage two and, uh, stage three was won by Brandon Brown, the the race was won by Brandon Brown, I should say. But um, I do know there was some controversy there at the end. I mean, obviously, we'll get into talking about Brandon Brown and mainly, like, since we didn't watch the race, we'll just talk about, you know, what that race means for them and that team. Obviously, you have some friends over there at the team, and you're kind of connected with them. So you can talk a little bit about that. But there was a little bit of controversy and – I don't even want to say controversy. Like the rule was enforced properly, but it's a Brandon bad rule. Jones was the leader. Rule. What'd you say? It's a bad rule. Yeah, the it, it the, makes, the timing loop. It makes calls inconsistent. Is the thing, and I think if you're NASCAR, you gotta you gotta eliminate any like inconsistencies. You know what I'm saying? Make it consistent as much as you can across the board. And I just. Like so, do you know exactly what the rule is? I'm a little confused on it. It goes off the scoring loop. You know who was leading at the last score. It was the same thing in 2015. Yeah, why? Because they didn't complete a lap, or why was the reason? I don't understand. Because it's not like they. No, it was the caution came out, and it. So if it's the last, so you're saying they were in between timing loops. Yes. Okay. So basically, this is the rule. If it's the last lap of the race they will go off like photo evidence but here's what happened is uh Brandon led at the scoring loop Brandon Brown then Brandon Jones passed him the caution came out they put Brandon Brown back in the lead under caution because he was right leading at the last scoring loop and then they were like all right we're not going back green that's the end of the race it's too dark see i, so, I was under the impression that it was at the moment of caution is it the moment of caution at the last It's the moment loop? of caution on the last lap. Of the last scoring loop. No, on the last lap of the race. Okay, so they that's go why, to the... because it wasn't officially the last lap of the race. Yes. It yes. Was, but it happened to be the last lap of the race. The last green flag lap, yeah. Okay. Kind of... Okay. Yeah. So it's honestly just one of those once-in-a-lifetime situations, once-in-a-million where that's going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah, Which definitely... In general, I don't know why we, like, it's 2021. Like, why do we still need scoring loops to decide things? Like, well, like yeah, we yeah. have a million We have the technology fans. to go to the moment of caution. Yeah. And, but, so I know, like, yeah, it's not a problem with the last lap of the race. But uh, e- even then, like, I don't know, it's tough, why you know? ever? Why ever? Why not just always use you know, the, the time of caution to set the lineup. Even yeah. then, I, I know the the answer to that would be, you know, you're not going to go back and look at pictures for 40 cars. Right, you're but just, just going to off of well, some computer timing. I, I mean, that Yeah, makes, just, just say, like, we'll set the top 10 with photo evidence I and would then scoring loops in, for the rest. Yeah, I would say certainly in this situation, uh, if you're NASCAR, you got to get it right and, and go to that moment of caution. You know what I mean? Uh, you since it is since it happens to be the the last lap. You know what I'm saying? Um, oh yeah, I hear you. Like I said, there should just be a clause into the rule that's saying if 
if the race doesn't get completed. You know what I'm saying? What if it the same thing happened and we had a side-by-side finish at the moment of caution for the cup race? We would be in almost the same situation. No doubt. So, you know what I'm saying? And then NASCAR would have to go to the timing loop, which is by clause of rule, but it would happen to be the finish of the race. So, definitely, I think they could definitely something to be looked at there. Um, but either way, I'm happy about it. Um, oh, yeah. I think we're both happy about it. Yeah, I think at the time of the scoring loop, it was like .006 or something difference between Jones and Brown there. So, super close finish for those guys. Um, but awesome to see the 68 Brandon Brown or Brandon built motorsports, I should say Brandon Brown and victory lane for the first time. Uh, yeah, just incredible for that, that small team. I mean, they got a little shop here in Stafford, um, but they are also, they run out of the Young's motorsports shop down there in Charlotte. So those guys, I know through, through a huge, huge party on Tuesday night, um, and had a lot of fun down there. So great for those guys. Uh, I'm super happy for him. I mean, I was I was on the spotter stand at the time, and I was I climbed up there the race before, just to, to get comfortable and not having to rush up there or whatever. So, got up there, and then I, they were racing or whatever. I was like, okay, I'm gonna refresh Twitter here, see what's going on with the race, and I see like, oh, and they, I, I guess I saw you guys' messages. Drew was like, Brandon to the lead at Dega, and I'm like, oh, of course, like yeah, he's gonna lead a couple laps. Always does. He's always good there, but. I didn't, certainly didn't think it was like for the win, and then so I was like, okay, let me get on Twitter and see what's happening. Uh, and that's when I hear like, oh, it's it might be too dark to go green. And I'm like, oh man, this is crazy. Um, and, yeah, I just saw Drew's message that Brandon won, and I was just like, what? Like, <laughs> no, he didn't, I don't think he messaged. He didn't message at first that Brandon went. He was he had messaged Brandon leading that day because it was like five to ten minutes that they were riding around deciding if it was too dark like while they're cleaning up the wreck uh trying to decide is it too dark to finish or not i mean i know i saw a tweet come through it was like brandon brown says on the radio it's super duper dark out here i can't see anything so uh i know he was hoping and praying for it not to go green and sure enough uh, it was funny because I, I as as he won i got the information on twitter i come across the radio to my team down there in the pits the driver's already strapped in the car uh, crew chief's down there getting ready for the hot pit or whatever. And I, I say, come on the radio and say, hey, y'all want some breaking news? Crew chief comes back, yeah, sure, what's up? And I said, Brandon Brown just won at Talladega due to darkness. And they went nuts on the radio. Uh, Zach obviously doesn't have communication to me, the driver. Um, but I know he was all excited. And, and his dad, the crew chief, said to him, all right, boy, now it's our turn. And sure enough, that same night, we went out and picked up our first win. Yeah, I mean, the crowd was obviously loved him. They were chanting, let's go Brandon after the race, right? Yeah, they were. Uh, that's, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> Allegedly. So, so the crowd's so into Brandon winning. Uh, you love to see it. Uh, great for Larry's Lemonade. Um, just a great, I said, really good for that, that that whole shop. I mean, Young's Motorsports, I mean, basically two wins on the day um, out of that shop. I mean, those guys are, are working side by side together, so. I know both of those crews were really happy for each other. And, and like I said, I know they threw a hell of a party on Tuesday night. Um, I, I've heard some stories already from that. So, yeah, <laughs> awesome time for them boys. Hell, yeah. I mean, that's just an awesome win for that team. And it's awesome to see these, you know, small, I was going to say single car teams. Young's Motorsports has two trucks, I think. So, not single car for them. But, you know, you get the point. These smaller teams, you know. It it it's so awesome to uh to pull this off to to see this for these teams and them get these breakthrough wins and obviously I don't I didn't even know until this week that they were coming out of the sh- this the same shop so I mean that's awesome so I mean just just awesome all around everybody's happy to see it and it's just it goes to show you can never what predict what's going to happen you know when we come to Daytona and Talladega because I don't think anybody came into the i don't i know neither of us picked brandon brown or uh um uh tate vogelman or even bubba wallace i don't think that one was as surprising as the other two but i mean awesome all around and you know great for that team out of northern virginia you know they're they do their own thing out there and that's going to be big for them and hopefully big things are coming for 
that team in the future, they can continue to find some sponsorship and, you know, maybe that alliance gets better and, you know, they can just, just get more competitive as time goes on. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's hopefully the uh, plan for Brandon and then uh, the whole Brandon Bill BMS as a whole. Um, I think if uh, things line up the way I'm hearing that they might line up and certainly with this win that, that I think helps their chances of that. Um, they, they could be a pretty decent car next year. So definitely look for some big things for the 68 and Brandon. Um, he's a he's definitely a kid that has gotten better over time and, and doesn't really tear up his equipment too much of his own i feel like so uh he's he's gotten the credit he deserves or at least some recognition uh here of late um i know through the past couple of years that that's gotten bigger and better exposure for them um, but i think this win will definitely just help boost that and excited to see where it can take the team no doubt man well you got anything else to add about the weekend there before we uh, before we move along to the cup race? Um, yeah, let me see if I can find it. Yes, here we go. Uh, so Jay, Jay Fogelman, who is Tate Fogelman's dad, right, uh, used to drive the number 68 in the Xfinity Series back in 2000. And the best finish for him uh, before that was 11th. Uh, so the same – same day that Tate won, uh, Brandon won in the 68. So this is really cool, kind of how the numbers line up there. Um, this is pretty neat. Hell yeah, man. Well, that's uh, – I mean, that's so good for them and good for those teams. So, No doubt. Yeah. Can't say enough about it, man. Love to see it. That's this, Like you said, this is why we race uh, for weekends like this. You know, you never know. You got to show up. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, so this is the first weekend in NASCAR history that there's three first-time winners on one weekend. Well, never happened before this weekend. It has happened before, but this weekend it happened to be at the same racetrack. Oh, okay. I believe it happened uh, 2014. Um, I can't tell you who the winners were, um, but I know – You know what tracks? Um. I can't know. I don't know where the trucks were. I know the track was Road America for the Xfinity Series, and it was Kyle Larson's first win for the, in the Cup Series in Michigan. Oh, that's when Michael McDowell won the Xfinity race. Okay, Michael McDowell, and I said I can't remember who the truck driver was, but it all happened that same weekend as well. So, really gotcha. neat to see that happen. But yeah, this was the first time at the same racetrack. But Talladega is known for for producing first time winners. So awesome to see, man. Well, speaking of the trucks, while we're on the subject of trucks and Xfinity, uh, one of my favorite drivers in the truck series, a guy I really root for, Grant Emfinger, got, got a full-time ride with GMS next year, so definitely wanted to bring that up, and good for Grant. You know, he's just, he's he's a racer. I mean, he goes around and races late models, and he gets out there, he, and so, I mean, that, that's good for him, and he probably never should have lost his ride at the worst board or you know, we know how this sport works, but he didn't deserve to lose that full-time ride, and he still has done a good job in that truck this year. He's he's done a good job for years on the truck series, so a great opportunity for him, and he has to immediately, for sure, become one of the uh, one of the championship favorites for next year. No doubt about it. Um, you always love to see. It. And there was a rumor going around there a little while ago that GMS was going truck race or cup racing, so. They are, yeah. That's that's confirmed. That's okay. So confirmed, at yeah. least for not maybe not full time, or is it full time? No, they're going full time. Okay. I don't think they've confirmed Ty Dillon yet, but, but that's everything saying Ty Dillon's going to be the driver. Gotcha. So okay, yeah, I, and I thought it was confirmed that GMS was going Cup racing, but there you go. It is confirmed. They just have not announced the driver. Uh, I look for that announcement to be coming fairly soon down the pipeline. Um, but yeah, I don't really think I have anything else. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll we'll move along to the Cup Series, which, first off, just sucks they didn't for all the fans at the racetrack who weren't able to see the race on Sunday. I've I've gotten lucky, knock on every knock on I'll knock on my wood table right here that as all the races I've been to, I've never had to experience that. So, I mean, I hope to keep it that way, but I just I can't imagine how upset I'd be, and I'd 
feel for all the fans that were out there and weren't able to stay for Monday? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I know a guy personally that had to make the trip home, and they, they left, like, right like an hour or so before the race started Monday to get back home. Uh, and I said, I've only been to one race uh, where I believe it's gotten only rained out to the next day, uh, at least one that I had planned on going to in advance or whatever. I know I went to Dover, and I, I kind of knew that day that it was going to rain, but I went and tried to beat the rain, uh, gambled on it, but it didn't pay off. But um, – as far as I said, the only one I went to was Daytona, and we built in a rain day just because we've seen so many rainouts there at Daytona, you know. So we kind of built in an extra Monday for that trip. But, yeah, I mean, if I was down there this weekend in Talladega, it would be a really tough choice to do we stay for the race and, and have to boogie the whole night, burn the mid-eye and oil getting home to get to work on Tuesday um, or or have to just say, no, we got to go home. Um, it would have been a really tough call for sure. Yeah, I know. Especially, I, I would have tried to stay and probably drive home late. Just that's the kind of guy I am. You know, I, I ain't missing this race. I drove, I, I drove twelve hours. I can miss a day of work. A lot of people, yeah, probably already had to be back at work on Monday. So, yeah, certainly if, if they're locals, they had to be back at work on Monday. I mean, they certainly weren't planning for an extra day of travel. Yeah, like I, I mean, I was almost going to that race, and I wasn't planning for an extra day of travel. Like. Because, I mean, that's like a three-hour trip for me. So I'm glad, in hindsight, I didn't have tickets to that race because I would have been uh, up shit creek for sure. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, as far as that, that's another thing NASCAR, I think, needs to look at and maybe rewrite the the rules or how it's structured is that even though we can't get the full race in today, we should, we're going to go to to this point and, or, you know what I'm saying, we're going to race as much as we can today. And then if we can't, you know, we'll race tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I was listening to them talk about that on DBC earlier the, the earlier today. But, yeah, I mean, why, I mean, why can't we just be like, even if, you know, because they say they don't want to start the race knowing they can't go the scheduled distance. Like, that's stupid to me. Just go as long as you can. Like Exactly, yeah. I mean, like I said, if, if that's the case, I think, like I said, I think NASCAR needs to look at that and say, okay, look, we'll, we'll go to at least halfway – you know what I'm saying, and make it an official race. We will try to get an official race in because they could have gotten an official race in that day. You know what I mean? Yeah. So just uh, something I think NASCAR could look at because I know if I was a fan, I would have been more happy seeing half a race and then going home one day. I would have been okay with that. You know what I mean? And then if it's starting to get dark and, and you know it is, then just uh... – Well, you I was could say something I mean, real quick. I mean, yeah, but I, I just like they did at Loudon this year. They said like this is going to be the last twenty laps or whatever. They said like if if it's getting dark <laughs> or you know it's getting dark, just let them know and be like, hey, this is going to be the end of the race. Like this lap, you know. And if it's not the exact finish, it's not the exact finish. Who cares? Right. So it'd be interesting to see if they do change something like that. Because I would hope they do. Um, but we'll see how it goes playing forward. I mean, is what it is. I, I was I know I know they should have raced ran the race like early on a Monday, you know what I mean? So people could have maybe stayed and then gotten out of there at a decent hour, you know what I mean? If they yeah. did go that route. But I mean I guess for network sake, I mean, I know it helped me that it was a, a later start time uh to get home and, and catch most of the race. So Yeah, I, I don't mean know. they really they I mean it really wasn't a good time for anybody. Because, I mean, it was, like, it was too late for people to stay and watch the race and too early for most people for to get home from work and yeah. see it. So, I mean, it was, like, it's just, like, a stupid time. Like, either make it later or make it earlier. Like, Well, I mean, that's the thing with the track without lights. You're fighting darkness at that point if you make it. And also, why doesn't Talladega, why does any track in the year, the year of the Lord 2021 not have lights? That just seems uh, ridiculous. Again, that's me. another thing to look at. I mean, there's. There's a lot of different options of how we could fix things to this. So we'll see how NASCAR does. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. They, they should have lights. Uh, they should race to halfway or whatever. We got to do to see some racing on the day that it was scheduled to race. That's how I see it. Yeah, that and and it just seems to me, like I said, it's, you know, there's no, every track should have lights. Yeah, definitely. Like, the technology is there. 
I don't want to hear Talladega's too big. I mean, Daytona has lights. And, I mean, they there's not really any excuse for it. Yeah, don't tell me you're not making hand over fist running that yeah. operation. So, you no, could at no. least make enough to invest in some lights so, your fan, so we could see some racing at night if we had to. No doubt. Well, we can. I mean, hell, if you look at Jeff Glock's picture of the quiet track, I mean, hell, the front stretch is damn near already lit. Quarter of the racetrack already lit for you. Well, I wasn't able to see, like, I went back and watched like the 15 minute recap, but I, I listened to the race on my, uh, on the radio while I was out and on the way home and everything. So I got to hear most of it and then went back and watched like the 15 minute recap. But, I mean, you said you were able to get home and watch most of it. So, number one, bastard. Number two, uh, you can tell us about it then since you were able to see it. Yeah, I mean, it, it was. It seemed like it was really chopped up, if that makes sense. I mean, there was, like, no no real rhythm to the race. Um, and so you had you had these just a bunch of different leaders. Uh, you know how the runs are. I mean, people were trying different things and how hard you could tandem, yada, yada. You know what I'm saying? Which lane's working um you could if, if we, go ahead as the whole race was kind of crazy because the whole race was like is weather coming is weather not coming is weather coming and so it was just jockeying for position the entire time not knowing whether when the weather was coming yeah exactly i mean as soon as we got i mean before halfway we raced the competition caution uh and that was the early part of the race was the calmest part of the race because they said everybody knew we were racing whatever 20 laps or whatever um and so once we got to that point it was like all right come on we're racing from here at least to the stage you got to get stage points or whatever you know what i mean and then at that point uh you got you got some rain coming in through the area and soaked turns one and two and so that you had like a good half hour 45 minute delay there uh and then we got back racing and then we knew it was going to be a race to halfway at that point. Uh, and then once we got to halfway, it was like the rain, it could be here any second and any lap could be the last lap. So yeah, once we got to halfway, dude, it was nuts. Really that race leading up to halfway. That's when you saw the two big wrecks happening. Uh, I mean, they all got on the, it, what's crazy is that cell that ended the race wasn't even on the radar, but it was like laps, even like, way before that race even ended like they got on the radio and and told them like go you know like the rain's coming and then it seemed like they were going to get ready to settle in because then the rain that popped up wasn't even so the radar looked good for a minute and it seemed like it might be time to settle in and then boom that cell popped up and it's two miles away from the racetrack yeah but it still wasn't really much settling in because you were racing to the end of stage two yeah. I mean, so I said it once you once we did think okay yeah we're out of the clear of the rain it's like oh well, but we're only whatever twenty laps to ten laps to the end of stage two so we gotta start racing here hard so I said it was it was chaotic race for sure I mean one of those I think we the I think it was a fall race um, where where weather was imminent it might have been a spring I cannot remember to be honest but spring twenty sixteen. Okay, you so say you remember it exactly. But, yeah, no, I it was a complete wreck fest. I remember uh, Brad Keselowski won and Austin Dillon finished second with like Bear Bond flying off his hood. Okay, yeah, because <laughs> they, they were racing rain all day, but we ended up getting a full race in. So, um, yeah, it was just kind of one of those days, and it was not the, the, the stuff on the radar you had to worry about. It was these pop-up showers that were coming and soaking certain parts of the racetrack. And then that just led to get losing the whole racetrack at that point so NASCAR, nascar just get on the radio every single plate race and just be like rain's coming guys like, yeah exactly <laughs> hey rain rain's five miles out would anybody be against that besides <laughs> the drivers and the unless team? it's sunny then i think everybody would be like ah you know what i'm saying if it's overcast they should definitely do it oh and shit like so because i mean those always turns out turn out to be the best races for sure and just crazy in, insanity yeah i mean you know. and like i said it was no clear favorites i mean nobody it was no settling in and riding it was like everybody was jockeying for poor position and and leaving people out to dry i mean you tried to find your teammates and then work together and it was just i said chaotic 100 percent. and uh 
so you had a wreck in stage one. Justin Allgaier got wrecked. Um, there were some other guys in that, and then. Well, yeah, uh, that that's that's what took out Kyle Larson, which I mean that almost. Oh. I mean, that, that essentially did. I don't know exactly where he finished, but I know at one point he was running 39th. I don't know how if there was 40 cars. I mean, he finished 30, 37th. So. It, it could have been worse. It could have been two spots worse. It's all like the bottom five all get one point. So oh, okay. So one point. But yeah, I mean, whew. I mean, so he he had enough playoff points where he had one mulligan to use, and he certainly used that mulligan. So now he's sitting second in the standing still, but only a 22-point gap. So he still should be okay because – 22 points is a decent amount, and I mean, he has six drivers in between him and the cut line. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I think that's that's definitely doable. Um, yeah, he just has to go in and have, kind of have a clean race, uh, not be noticed. Which I know this year he's certainly been fast in that five car, but in years past, I mean, I can remember the 42, him driving that thing, and it was all torn to hell. So. Uh, anything can happen at the Roval this weekend. It's kind of a wild card. Um, it's certainly going to be really crazy with how the strategy is going to be playing, flipping strategies, uh, and and pitting halfway or whatever. Um, it this race this weekend, I, I wasn't really hyped too much into it, but the closer we're getting, I'm actually starting to get real hyped now that I kind of understand the scenario that's going that we're going into. Yeah. So that was. Uh crazy race you had the wreck uh wreck you know when that oh my god i'm talking like i'm drunk today but you had the wreck that essentially ended the race after all those guys knew uh knew what was coming and that was a bunch of guys involved in that and that's when it got crazy that last cell popped up and they were hey you know go race this is it and that's when a lot of guys ended up getting involved in that, and that pretty much ended the race. William Byron's in it, Alex Bowman, Matt Benedetto. Well, a lot of Alex Bowman got turned before that. Oh, did he? There's two two separate wrecks. Yeah, Alex All Bowman right, got you, wrecked. You do the talking then. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm just making sure you got it right that there was two different wrecks that Alex Bowman got wrecked while leading from from Ricky Stenhouse and Chase Elliott. Uh, That's right. Just the push not lining up. I mean, yeah, it's easy to put the blame on Ricky because he's just always in the middle of these kind of things. Um, and, and what he's won one or two super speedways, so it's like he thinks he knows what he's doing, but I said he's always just finding himself in the middle of these wrecks. Um, but I, I, I really didn't think this was any of his doing on this one. It was more of a uh, he. Ricky was going to give Bowman a push at the same time. Chase pushed Ricky. And it just got everybody kind of out of line and out of out of sync, and and they just didn't lock bumpers the way they wanted to, and it turned Bowman from the lead. Um, and so that I said that's a, a product that they were racing hard. Just they said they knew the rain was on the way, uh, and that didn't that didn't end the race there. They got back going green, and just a few laps later, uh, I, I said I don't know exactly how. I guess it was uh, is it Busher in the thirty seven. Uh, Priest. Ryan Priest. Okay, so yeah, Ryan Priest got turned uh, into the outside wall. I said I'm not sure who was on his on the outside or behind him at the time, and what all led it to that. But yeah, two separate. That's where that's where Kyle Busch got, or no, Kyle Busch was in the the Bowman one. Correct. And I said they were they were only laps apart from each other. So and then yeah, that uh that that last one was pretty much the one that ended the race. Right, and I mean, then, we were, they were in the middle of cleaning it up as the rain started happening, uh, and the rain didn't let up until, hell, I don't know, I think it rained all day Tuesday down there, I believe, so, I don't know. So now now we have uh, William Byron and Alex Bowman both in must-wins. I mean, what a terrible playoff it's been for those guys. Like, I mean, they both had terrible first rounds and were able to, salvage their playoffs at Bristol and sneak into the this round and then this round's just been awful for both of them too just I mean I don't know what the difference between the five and the nine and the 24 but the five and the nine have just been well-oiled machines which 
obviously, like, they have better drivers than those cars. Yes, I think everybody would agree that, you know, Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott are better drivers than those guys. But just something with the execution of the 24 and the 48 team, I, I, I like, I can't put my finger on it. Those two teams, uh, they just, I, I've said execute four times, so I don't want to repeat myself, but they don't execute. Like, I can't think of anything better to say. And it's just, they've had so much speed all year and have left so much points and potential wins on the table. It's definitely, if you're a Hendrick fan, it's really frustrating to see what's happened with those two teams. Yeah, certainly if you're a fan of the 24-48, I mean, they say you barely get by around one, and then you're thinking, all right, cool, we're going to Vegas where Hendrick's kind of run away with the mile-and-a-half program this year. Uh, so you're feeling really good about that. And, hell, I mean, what – a stage show into that race, you got to be feeling real good. You're running one, two, three, four. Um, and then stage two was you missed the strategy, missed the call. Uh, two of your drivers are are able to make it up. I believe Kyle Larson got back on the lead lap that race. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just put, put yourself in a huge hole coming out of Las Vegas. And then, like I said, to, to go to the worst track at Talladega, um, to have that, you know, anything can and will happen. I mean, literally Alex Bowman got wrecked from the lead at Talladega. I mean, what else can you do? You know what I mean? So oh, like you said, it's not, I wouldn't even say it's just executing. Cause I feel like the teams on pit road have executed fine. Uh, well, I wouldn't, I don't want to say uh, <clears throat> Talladega as a matter of executing. Cause you can't really say that at Talladega. Like it is what it is. It's just more everything that happened at Vegas and well, like the I said, they definitely strategy. Missed the, they missed the strategy, but then the William Byron, they 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 even really missed it because they had a bad pit stop at the same time that they missed the strategy, uh, and that really put them in a hole. And then I think they would have been okay because they, they were the fastest car I think of the whole night, but then they had a flat tire at the end. So it's not. I mean, it's just like I said, they've had really bad luck. I mean, I wouldn't say it's execution, but not certainly not by the team i mean it's overall if you're saying a team yeah i mean i don't understand i mean kind of bad luck but i don't know i wouldn't say it's more of execution just bad luck yeah i mean to a point but especially talladega but no doubt no no slacking them because they they missed the strategy by a mile out of las vegas and i said that really put them in a huge hole one into but i mean you can even go back to the first round it's like oh no doubt no. they they shot themselves in the foot. I mean to go back all the way to Darlington. Look at the I mean those two t- t- almost took each other out when Alex Bowman wrecked. Certainly Alex Bowman wrecked that that was poor execution on the driver and from there it is just unraveled like a cheap sweater for them. And then they were just terrible at Richmond. Yep, kind of out to lunch. I mean kind of salvaged a decent day at the end, but for the most part we're out to lunch. One of the last cars on the lead lap. Um, I, I can't really remember what William Byron did at Richmond off the top of my head, but nothing spectacular by any means. I think he was right around the 48. Um, and then Bristol, they said they kind of had decent days, but they had to. They were kind of in that that backs up against the wall, and then we're now in that same situation. So it'll be interesting to see um, if either one of these drivers is able to pull the bootstraps tight and, and go after a win and and maybe secure a win and get themselves locked in. So, yeah. Uh, inter- I mean, not not very surprising to see two Hendrick drivers out just because they're young and very inexperienced, kind of, or not as experienced, I feel like, as the other two. But certainly didn't expect their playoffs to go like this. It has been a dismal playoffs. Well, now they're – when are your seasons over for both of those teams at – the Roval, along with Christopher Bell, who they they got into some trouble on pit road at Vegas and had a good race at Talladega, but unfortunately none of the guys they needed to have bad races had bad races, so they're going to be in a must-win at the Roval, too, and then Kevin Harvick sits nine points back behind Kyle Busch and Chase Elliott. Who are tied, nine to the good. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, this weekend's going to be crazy. you got a lot of big names in and out. Well, we haven't even talked about our our winner yet. Yeah, I mean, that's what I – I not to cut you off there, but, yeah, before we uh, roll more into the Roval, we can talk about the winner, Bubba Wallace. What a win that is for him to 
to get up there to hold off two of the best and Brad Keselowski and Joey Logano. By the way, I scored 103 points in the race day pickums this week, so that should be an easy win plus 15 points for me. So with, with those two, so uh, but no, nah, great win for Bubba, and um, yeah, I mean that's just that's just great for that team. Michael Jordan's first win as a uh, um, as a NASCAR owner, Denny Hamlin's first win as a NASCAR owner. And, um, yeah, I mean, the the first win for a, a black driver in NASCAR since 1973, it's definitely a 63, 63, my bad, but a historic moment for sure. Even if some people might are, you know, don't want to talk about that or whatever. I think it's worth talking about. I mean, it's historic where the last time Wendell Scott won, they didn't give him the trophy. They didn't give him the money. They gave it to Buck Baker. I'm pretty sure Buck Baker threw it in a river is how the story goes so it, well, it's significant to me that the last time we had a black driver win he wasn't even allowed to get his trophy or his money and now we've come to where we are in 2021 and that's not the case anymore and it's 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 nice to see that progress as a sport and as a nation in general so it's just just really cool for that and hopefully inspiring to a new crowd of people that, you know, maybe have always kind of been put off by NASCAR and the culture around it for them to see this and Bubba Wallace having that success, it might attract more fans to the sport. So it's a win all around for everybody. And Bubba's a great dude who's been going at this for a while. So that's huge for them. And that's the only way to go for this team is up. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Um, huge for the team. Huge for the sport of NASCAR. Um, and, and everybody's trying to discount the win because it wasn't a full distance. Uh, I don't. I don't hear any of the boomers discounting Dale Earnhardt's win when he only ran the Daytona 4.97. So, yeah, they can shut the fuck up, and haters can go hate. So, I mean, Dale Jr.'s last win was a rain shortened race. That was Phoenix. Yeah, so I mean, that's, but that's stupid. Obviously, was gonna hate. Uh, it it was awesome to see Bubba win. I mean, he's been a hell of a plate racer. Um, I believe he scored the most points um, this year on all the plate tracks. So it shows it's not just a fluke, and that he's he's been a player all year long. You I mean you think back to Daytona? I mean, he was in the mix the entire Daytona 500. He almost had that dual race one. Yeah, where Austin Dillon got him at the line. Yep. And, and we knew he'd be super fast in the 500, and he was. I mean, uh, Bubba's definitely turned into a hell of a plate racer. I mean, he, we know back to his rookie season, he finished second in the Daytona 500. Uh, so nothing new for Bubba Wallace to be good at plate tracks. He had to make some ballsy moves to block the Penske duo of Logano and Keselowski on the outside. Um, I mean, to hold off those two guys. Who I mean, literally, we we say family. it every time we go to plate tracks, those are the best two. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I mean, they've consistently proved that, and to to withstand a charge from those two guys to win that race. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge shout out to Freddie Kraft as well. I mean, Spotter up there on the stand plays a huge part of these races on the super speedway. So let's not discount that either. Um, and like I said, just a huge win for that whole organization. Twenty three XI. Um, you had Kurt Busch help push and bubble there at the end, who's going to be his teammate next year. That was really cool to see. Um, yeah, just great. I mean, love to see it. And you talked about uh, how Wendell Scott didn't get the money or the trophy. I believe just recently it might have been at Darlington uh, where the family got got the trophy now. So, so yeah, cool I, I, yeah, you're. I do remember that. Yeah, very cool to see. Uh, maybe that's kind of like a uh, the curse is lifted moment. You know what I mean? Kind of like, all right, now now it's time for a new black driver to win so and, that, and you also said getting new eyes on it i know lewis hamilton reached out to bubba and congratulated him via social media so that's got to bring a huge different audience to nascar yeah no doubt you know it like us if if, if, you're, <laughs> if if you're a younger black fan and you're able to see bubba wallace having this kind of success and this isn't the nascar that gets so stereotyped for what what people try to describe it as and then you turn it on and you see Bubba Wallace winning and 
all these people happy to see him win and you see Michael Jordan hanging out, there's no doubt that it's good for the sport to attract new fans, you know, that in Bubba Wallace is not only a guy that can attract black fans, but attract new fans in general and kind of he's he got the charisma to be a face of the sport kind of guy, which is something NASCAR needs. I mean, I think Chase is the face of the sport right now, but I don't know if Chase is that kind of guy. He doesn't really – I mean, Chase is great, and I think he's a good representative of the sport, but he's not like a extremely charismatic guy that's going to, you know, go on all the late-night talk shows and host well, SNL I mean, and something like that. He's just a that. typical NASCAR driver, you know? Yeah. Southern white male. So it's just – it's definitely refreshing to see a different demographic – uh, and as I said, it's going to bring, bring a huge, huge new audience, I think, to NASCAR. And, and, yeah. and they always say the first win's the hardest. You think about how long it took Chase to get his first win, um, and then how many have came since then. I think this team has had some terrible luck this year. Things have not gone their way. Um, certainly, that's just kind of the ups and downs of a new organization, and they'll shake out the bugs. And I think we're running another car next year, and Kirk coming on board. Uh some big things are going to happen from this team. And, and you can't discount Bubba. You look back to his second uh, NASCAR win ever in the truck series uh, at the, the mid-summer or the mud-summer classic, I should say, at Eldora, the truck race. Who did he hold off to win that? None other than Kyle Larson, who everybody hails as the greatest on dirt. Um, so Bubba, Bubba could definitely wheel a race car, and it's going to be exciting to see um, where, where he could take this sport. A lot of pressure off him, too, because I think next year with Kurt Busch coming to that team, you know, if Kurt Busch jumps in and gets that team their first win, then the pressure really gets on Bubba. But I think it's huge now that Bubba got his already. So that's a whole, you know, mountain of pressure lifted off Bubba Wallace at whatever happens when Kurt comes in next year. Bubba got his win. So... Yeah, exactly. Buys him some I didn't even think of that point that if Kurt was to go out and get the team's first win, that all the haters would be, you know, that would really have the haters would have ammunition, so to say, you know. Yeah, and, and uh, even even beyond the haters, it would raise like a valid question. Of, oh, right. How good is Bubba Wallace? You know, can, yeah, can Bubba it, Wallace win? But now he at least he has this win where he got mm-hmm. his. So yep. that's going to no, buy no him. can take it away from him. Buy him a, a, a grace period next year, even if he is getting it. Because I expect Bubba to get outrun by Kurt, and I don't think that's an insult. I just I don't think he's Kurt Busch. I don't think most drivers in this sport are Kurt Busch. Well, it would be interesting so. to see with this new car. I mean, Kurt Busch, we know, has some laps in this thing last year at Charlotte. Um, so it would be interesting. I mean, we know Bubba had practiced or tested with it earlier this year at Richmond. So It'd be interesting to see how, how that all shakes out. Um, it's kind of tough to put any expectations on anybody. Just you don't know what what the teams are going to have, who's going to be good in this car, you know what I mean? So, but For sure. You, you can, I can see what you're saying, that Kurt Busch would, out, I think, would outperform Bubba just because of his experience. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I think Kurt Busch would outperform 90% of the drivers in this sport. He's Kurt Busch. Exactly. I mean, he's taken that – CGR equipment above and beyond of what it's capable of and has for a few years now. No doubt. Well, um, well I wanted to also say you talked about the uh, bubble. You, nobody can take away this win, and he's a cup winner now. It's like, uh, yeah, this, he's an elite group now. It's less than 200 people. I think it's 198 now. Bubble Wallace is the 198th person to win a cup race. So uh, it's certainly an elite group, uh, and nobody can take it away, rain shorten or not. Um, yeah, and Michael Jordan, the goat. Some would say the greatest team sports athlete of all time. I'd say Tom Brady. That question, but you know, definitely up there, the greatest basketball player of all time. One of the most well-known celebrities in America and in general to get this win. I mean, that's that's huge. Yeah, um, I think the only thing that could have been bigger and better for this if it were to happen on Sunday. Oh, one hundred percent. If it was on big NBC, or big NBC, full full stands, um, big crowd on on NBC watching, yeah, it would have been it would have been big then. 
because I think the race only got just over a million views on Monday, so not very good ratings for it. But it's just kind of how it goes. But awesome for Bubba, awesome for twenty three eleven Freddie Kraft, Booty Barker first win and four hundred eighty three starts as yep. a crew chief in the Cup Series. Gets his first win. I couldn't believe that was Booty Barker's first win. That was honestly surprised. Look, I, don't, I didn't know every driver he's ever crew chief, but I just figured he's been around the sport so long, he's probably won a race. Right, like how has this guy hung around the sport this long if he hasn't won races, essentially? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you don't make it this far without winning races as a crew chief. Yeah, I mean, I was honestly stunned that he hasn't won a race. You know, I knew he was Ty Dillon, and he was Jermaine Racing's crew chief for years, and he was Michael Waltrip's crew chief at MWR before that. So, yeah, Actually, just, he gave he he got got Rodney Childers his first job as a crew chief. Gotcha. Who is now a champion crew chief? So he's been around the sport for quite a long time, and I mean, Denny obviously Denny knows what he's doing because Denny made you know. Made that switch for a reason. Yeah. No doubt, man. Awesome weekend. So, First time winners. Can't say enough about it. I mean, hell, we've already been recording almost an hour. So, yeah, let's get into the verbal. Well, it's going to be an exciting weekend. We hit on the points a little bit. and There's going to be a lot going on going into the weekend. So, it's going to be a cutoff race for the Cup Series. It's not Xfinity's cutoff race, right? Uh, I believe it is. It is? Okay. Yes, I believe Xfinity is now tandem with the Cup the rest of the year. Okay. I will confirm that here in just a second. I know they are this weekend. Next weekend, they are at Texas. And the next weekend, they are at Kansas. And then we know they're at Martinsville. So, yeah, they tandem, uh, tandem the rest of the year, and it is a cutoff race. Dude, the truck race is on Saturday at Martinsville, by the way. Yeah, it's a doubleheader. I thought it was Friday night. No, Saturday night. Oh, so we're going to see all three races. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. I, I, thought I, was like, well, I guess the, the truck series is at one, and then the Xfinity is at six. So I thought the truck was on Friday yeah. night. Like Dude, I was just the, looking at that. The Xfinity race is going to be nuts. A night race at Martinsville for the Xfinity series. <laughs> I thought the trucks were Friday night. I think the trucks were Friday night last year, at least. Uh, I know Xfinity was Friday night in the spring. I'm pretty sure the trucks were Friday night last year, mm-hmm. last fall. They might have been. I mean, nobody we nobody would could have gone, so it didn't matter, you know. Yeah. But, but anyway, no, so that's yeah, awesome. that's why I was like, are you gonna make like are you gonna make it there in time? Like that you're gonna have to leave really early Saturday, if not. No, Friday yeah. Night. I mean, I was gonna come Friday regardless, but I thought I was gonna. It was gonna be like Bristol. I was gonna get there during the race and not really see it. But gotcha. But yeah, oh, uh, I don't even know where we're at. I guess the Roval. It's a. Cut, I believe it is a cutoff race for the Xfinity Series. Um, it is. Yeah. Okay. I, I was like, I thought. I so you were that. right. So it's in lockstep with Cup the rest of the way. Yeah, I just. I, I mean, I knew that. I was reading it off as I read it to you. So yeah, I knew that. I just didn't know if it was a cutoff race or not. If they were a week off by that, but. Yeah, dude, two cutoff races. It's going to be a crazy-ass weekend at the Roval. Um, yeah, it's supposed to rain, I think, on Saturday. So throw that into your mix of shenanigans. A little rundown real quick, by the way. Jeb Burton is eight points out. Mike Snyder, 24. Riley Herbst, 32. And Jeremy Clements, 48. There you go. Uh, so I have not even kept up with it. I know Jeremy Clements is probably hoping for some rain because that'll equalize things for a lot of people. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I know Brandon Brown's pretty good in the rain. We saw him take the lead from Noah Gregson here last year in the rain. Uh, and then that's when he tail slapped the wall and, and sunk the submarine off of turn four. Uh, so, yeah, we, we, I don't know. It'd be tough to say. Tough to throw a dart at the wall if it's raining. Depends on is how it hard supposed it's to rain? Like that's yeah. Saturday is supposed to rain. Um, I know that. I can pull it up right now. If you give me a second. And da, 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 da. yes, fifty percent chance of rain on Saturday. The Rose one through ten weather report. So keep an eye out for that. That should that could really play into the strategy factor of uh, when do you take wets, when do you take dries. 
who knows how that's going to play out, but it'll be it's going to be a wild weekend. I know that. Two crazy races. I I don't know what time the Xfinity is. Let's see here. It is three o'clock on Saturday. So I might miss that in person or watching it. I'm thinking I might head down to Dominion for the the Legends Nationals. Um, big race down there. Uh, I saw the Tech Line this afternoon. It was a, it was wrapped all the way around down pit road. So tons of cars there. I'd say well over a hundred. Um, yeah, it would be interesting to see. Well, you want to go ahead and make some picks? Yeah. Um, let's see how we did last week. I don't even know. I don't think uh, any of us picked any of those three. Yeah, I'm thinking back. We already picked, uh, picked, uh, whatchamacallit on Tuesday. Picked our, uh, sprint car guys for this weekend. But, yeah, go ahead. If, uh, I guess I'm going to start. Yeah, I thought you were checking hours from last weekend, but oh, well, yeah, I can. I didn't even look. Oh yeah. Let's see, that would have been nine twenty nine, maybe. No, I don't even have it saved. I don't think. I picked. Uh, I picked Ryan Truex. He finished fifth. I know. I. I, I think I picked Grant Infinger. He wrecked. You picked Jeb Burton. He finished seventh. I picked Justin Haley. He finished sixth. And then I picked William Byron. You picked Alex Bowman. And they both wrecked. There you go. My my pick wrecked from the lead. Noted. Um, but, all right. Yeah, this week I will take the Xfinity Series. Uh, give me A.J. Allmendinger. All right. Yeah, it's hard to go against that, especially here at the road course. Um, I will go with, see, it's just hard to say because we don't know if it's actually going to rain or not. So that can change a whole lot if it does, but I'll go ahead and go with Ty Gibbs. Gets one more sweeps Charlotte for the year. There you go. The hometown kid gets it done. Yep, we know he won the Xfinity race here earlier this year on the Oval and the Arca race that day. He gets another win in Charlotte. All right. Um, it's going to be hard to beat Austin Cindric starting from the pole at, at on a road course. No doubt, no doubt. You said it was tough to pick against AJ. I think Austin Cindric is the only guy that kind of really matches up to AJ's talent, um, certainly at least straight up on a dry racetrack. We'll see how that all plays out. We know those guys have wrecked each other um, – at a road course earlier this year at Daytona. So now that it's getting down to the nitty gritty, we'll see what they do. Hell, they wrecked each other at uh, Bristol a few weeks back. Oh, yeah. So there's, there's some animosity between those two. There's no no love lost, it seems like. Um, but uh, for Sunday, 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 fun day. I don't know. This is a tough one. I don't know if I go the easy route, pick Chase Elliott, or do I pick a – one of the guys that's down on the cut line must win. I mean, it's hard to not pick at the road courses this year. You, Other than you had Christopher Bell get that win at Daytona, but Larson and Elliott have dominated. Larson has a couple. Elliott has – I think Elliott has two. Oh, and AJ has one. I know, so, yeah, Elliott has two. Larson has two. And AJ has one and Christopher Bell has one. Uh, give me, give me Christopher Bell. Christopher Bell gets a win and locks it in. Full yep. pick. Ring the bell. I'll say Chase Elliott wins his third straight Charlotte Roval race in a row for the third straight year. That's so tough to do, man. So we'll see how that plays out. I just don't think it's in the cards. But You don't think it's in the cards? To win three straight at a racetrack, that's hard to do, man. Man, because he's definitely got to be the favorite going into this weekend. It's hard to, to not oh, pick no Chase. no doubt about it. No Chase about and it. Larson. And Larson. I, I definitely want to put Larson up there, too, because Larson has been right there in lockstep with Chase on all the road courses this year. Yeah. I mean, I said we got a handful of guys, and I think that, plus the strategy, is going to make for a hell of an entertaining race. So be sure to tune in. 
Yep, we'll definitely be watching, and we'll be back here to talk about it next week. So. Yeah, and it's a 2 p.m. start time this weekend, 2 p.m. Eastern. So. All right. Awesome. Well, you got anything else to add before we get on out of here? Uh, yes, give me one second here. Oh, you can talk about your uh, your big winner over the weekend? Well, yeah, I kind of mentioned it already. I didn't. You guys, I guess, didn't really catch it. But, yeah, as I was saying, we won – at Dominion. Uh, Your so, first win as a spotter? Uh, first win as a spotter outside of iRacing. That is correct. That's awesome, man. Hell yeah. Yeah, it definitely feels good. I haven't really had a chance to celebrate. Um, so, I mean, we went out for drinks and, and dinner after the race um, and kind of had a little celebration. But certainly it would be nice this weekend uh, to get out at the racetrack and hopefully enjoy a few beverages. Hell yeah, man. Well, that's, I mean, that's awesome. Definitely didn't want to let you get out of here without talking about that a little bit. Yeah, listen, I, I kind of already touched on it earlier. I didn't know. I guess you didn't catch on to it. I said it was a weekend of first-time winners. Uh, our driver, Zach, has never won. So uh, it was really cool to see him win. And we certainly – it was a hell of a race. I mean, we had we, – we started uh, second on the outside and kind of fell back there on the restart or the start of the race, I should say, and fell back to about fourth. And the leader ended up breaking a, a lower A-arm bolt, and and he kind of fell off, like fell back really quick and pulled it into the pits or whatever. That's the guy who had who had won every race of the year leading into this race. Um, and we had kind of been running second to this guy, so we knew if we could get back up there, we could potentially uh, fight for the win here. This was a good opportunity. And we had to work our way through traffic, and the 22 car – he uh he certainly gave us a run for our money. He he laid down some really good laps, some of the best laps of the night of the whole day, I should say. Um, but we were able to able to hold him off. Uh, coach my driver through it, you know, told him to block that inside, keep make him go to the outside or wreck him or wreck you and, and fight him afterwards if he wrecks us. So yeah. Would you have gone down there and thrown some hands? Uh, we certainly would have had some words. <laughs> I mean, because in the whole series, we're all very friendly with each other, and we help out, like, if anybody needs any tools or anything. It's it's a very friendly series. Um, so it's nobody really races like that. Uh, I know every, everybody maybe talks trash in the moment in the heat of battle or whatever, but like I said nobody really races like that. And like I said, I was like, if he's going to wreck us, then, then we'll deal with it afterwards, you know? Yeah, I hear you. So, yeah, good on Zach. Uh, first win for him. And, yeah, we got one more race, Minion, next weekend, next Saturday. So, come on out. We're fighting for the Rookie of the Year. I think we're about three points behind on that. So, it would be interesting to see if we can get the Rookie of the Year points. Hell, yeah, man. I hope you guys get it. <coughs> Appreciate it. Um, yeah, I, that's all I got this week, I think. All right. Well, it's going to be a fun weekend, and we'll be back to – Holler about it next week. Yes, sir. All right, man. I'll see you. See you.